I want, to, uh, I want to share today from Luke 18. So if you want to turn to Luke 18, I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 8. Amen. Luke 18. The parable of the persistent widow. Okay. Verse 1, then he, that's Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary and he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith, faith on the earth? Amen. So God is our avenger. And this parable, it's often spoken of in regards to uh, persistent prayer, particularly Luke 18, Luke 11 as well, about persistent prayer. And of course, that's very much associated with this. But... Uh, Jesus is talking about this woman, it's a parable, so it's, a, as I say, it's, a, it's an earthly story, but it's got a heavenly meaning, so it's, it's, to, in, it's to show us something and give us a greater un- understanding of something in the, in the spiritual realm, help us, give us understanding. And so this, with well, a woman, she's a, a widow, she's lost her husband, and she's come before a judge, she's been treated unjustly. That's why she is before this judge and she's asking for justice. And God is saying in this parable that Jesus is saying that this judge, he, he contrasts him to, to God. Jesus is saying, well, this, this woman who's come and pleaded her case before the judge, and, and God's a judge, but this woman has come before and pleading her case and asking for God, for this judge to vindicate her of this great injustice done to her. Maybe it was related to her her husband's death, I, I don't know that, but whatever has happened, she's come and, and he eventually, this judge, this judge, has said, well, I'm going to do something about this because you're, in essence, you're going to, you keep bugging me and before I get weary, I'm just going to do something about it. I'm going to do what's necessary and I'm going to serve you what you want. And so the contrast is that we God is not like that. God, God is so delighted in answering our prayers and God is, is so faithful in doing so and that we don't have to come before Him like this woman with, was with this judge where it's, a, in a sense, beggarly. Yes, we do come before God. Yes, we do cry out because this woman did. But Jesus is contrasting this judge to Himself because you know, this woman was answered, but I want to say 
and this is what Jesus is saying, is, is how much more God will answer you and more so or moreover speedily it says and we in this you know in our lives or across the world we all want uh, justice where we've been wronged some of you have been dealt a lot of injustice and there's a sense of I want to avenge I want to I want to be vindicated I, I want uh, recompense and you see that you know even in the war today you know there's a lot of anger and frustration over what's going over in Israel of course but God he is the one that vindicates. He's the one that avenges. Avenge means vindicate or, or, or just rightly. It means that God actually gives justice for us. That's what avenge means, get justice. And see, in this parable, Jesus is telling us whenever we come to the Lord, that we are to be persistent in what we want and to not lose heart. Jesus said to pray always and not lose heart. So whatever it is we're going through, there are times when we pray where it's, it's, it's said and it's done, but there's other times where we have to come before God and petition. And this woman in this parable is an, is an example of that. Now, there's a, there's a movie, uh, there's a movie, it's called The Avengers, and there's another one called uh, Justice League, and it's about super, super well, they are superhuman, it's fairy tale but they're heroes and you know they go and fight evil and they 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 win justice and they you know they they do good in the face of evil and and in the face of villains and like I said earlier we all have a sense of you know justice when we've been unfairly treated where there's been a great injustice done to us we always feel like we've got to avenge we've got to get recompense like I said and we've got to have vengeance but that is not our job that is God's job. And part of this parable is, is about that because this woman, she says that I have an adversary and we have an adversary too. His name's Satan. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we know, and you all know this well, that he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But particularly, I want to look at today that he is one that steals, he's a thief. And for some of you, you've suffered injustice where something's been stolen from you. Something's been stolen from you. It could be from relationally, it could be a job that's been stolen, time could be stolen from you, years. They've just been stolen, they've been corrupted, maybe they've been corroded. I want to tell you, behind... You know, behind every problem you have in life, in this Christian walk, sometimes there's a personality behind that problem. In Mark 4, when Jesus was going over with his disciples in the boat and the storm came at him, in, your King, in the New King James Version, it, it says that Jesus said, um, peace, be still. So he spoke to the wind and it stilled. But the Greek says, be muzzled, because there was a personality behind that storm. So for every problem that you have, where there is theft, where the devil, the adversary is coming to your life to steal, there is someone behind it. There is a personality behind that. Not always, not always, don't, don't hear me incorrectly, but a lot of times, because he does come, this adversary, like this woman had, like you and I have, 
he come to steal. He come to steal. There's other things that he comes to steal. He comes to steal your faith. He comes to steal courage. He comes to steal hope. He comes to steal health. Time, children, takes your children out into the world. Devil's playground. The Bible says that the whole world lays under the sway of the wicked one. Spiritual life from you. He can steal it. But God is the God that restores and He is the God that avenges us. And you might say, well, it's not really fair that these things have happened to me and some of you can probably identify with specific problems you've had, encountered, maybe that have been through your childhood, maybe at more even recent. You say, well, it's not fair that these things have happened to me. But I want to tell you, Satan's not fair. And that's why these things do happen at times. Because we have an enemy, we have an adversary, and he doesn't play fair. And it's no good, and it's wrong to be in a place where you just fall into self-pity, into hopelessness, and despair. That's a wrong place to be. And if you've been marred by something that has been stolen from you, you've been at a place where you've been unjustly or unfairly treated where you have not been dealt that vindication and you are in that place where you're feeling self-pity, where you're feeling sorry for yourself and like I said, hopeless, you need to actually come before God. You have to repent of those things because God doesn't permit us to carry those things. So we have to give them, we have to actually turn from them and give them to the Lord. And you might say, well, it's, it's too late. These, this thing that happened to me years ago, it's, it's too late. It, it happened. How does God know? What's God going to do about it? It happened like 10 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. Maybe you've had multiple things related to your personal life or your family's life that have been a great injustice. In Revelation 6, verse 9 to 10, it says, When he, Jesus, opened the fifth seal, this is the book of Revelation, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain, for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. So these are people who have passed away. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. So God doesn't forget. These, per these people have passed, but God still doesn't forget because He promises that He will vindicate. He will be the one that avenges us in trouble in those times of trouble where we have been at that place of a complete injustice, where we need vindication, God says, I'll be the one to do it. Don't try, don't ever try and vindicate yourself. If you're in the workplace and you have been blamed for something and you know it wasn't you, do not try and vindicate yourself because when God does it, He'll do a much better job of it when He does. So there's not, it's not necessary that you vindicate yourself because God will always and will avenge. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. Or in other words, give it to someone else. For it is written, vengeance is mine. So give it to the Lord. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Ezekiel uh, Exodus, rather, 23, verse 22, it says, If you indeed obey His voice, that's God's voice, and do all that I speak, 
then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. So God says he'll be the enemy to your enemies. And this is not physical enemies. We have spiritual enemies. I've already told you that we have an adversary that roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. God is an enemy to that enemy. And he says, I will be an adversary to your adversary. And Lord, before I go on, I just want to commit this word. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would bring a mighty restoration and a breakthrough to every life, Lord, that has been troubled, Lord, every life that's seen corruption unjustly. Father God, I'm asking, Lord, through this word, Lord, there would be recompense, Lord, that there would be restoration in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray this word would touch, Lord, it would pierce to the deepest part of our inner man in Jesus' name. Amen. And in Nahum, it says in uh, chapter 1, verse 2, the 3, that God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he who reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. That's Nahum. Chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. So again, God says, I will avenge. The Lord avenges and is furious. It says that God is great in power. God sees every detail of your life. No matter what's happened, it could have been 20 years ago. God has not forgotten it. Okay, he, God wants to avenge. Where you have been dealt that injustice, where you need God to move, as he promises to avenge, he will do it. He will vindicate you. Don't try and do it yourself. Because he says there, the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Those things are like chaos. Chaos. He, he has his way in those chaotic, that's what I believe this means anyway, in those chaotic places, in the whirlwind and in the storm and in the wind, God will have his way. So regardless of how messy your situation is, and I'm just thinking of a woman that shared with me a little while ago in this church about uh, a will. Things get ugly when there's a will involved, often. But, you know, whatever it is, a financial thing in your own life, that's two can be a place where there's a great injustice done, where you deserve something and it's not given. But God is so faithful in avenging His children. He vindicates and He restores. And you see this in the life of Hannah. I read out before out of 1 Samuel, which talks about Hannah. And this woman, like I said, she was treated unjustly. She had a rival, Penina, who provoked her because the Lord had initially closed her womb. This other woman, Penina, shared the same husband, had m children from him. But, see, Hannah cried out, and I read the cry of her before in 1 Samuel verse 11. She cried out, and we know that God answered her. She was barren, but she prayed. And then in chapter 2, it talks about a prayer after God has vindicated her, after God has brought forth this child. 
It's like, a, it's like a prayer of vindication. She says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. And I smile on my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. And it goes on right through to, to verse 10. And so she's praising God basically for all he has done. And then in verse 10, she says, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven, he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. So you see there in the life of Hannah, she was in a place where she needed vindication. She needed someone to avenge her situation where she had been provoked, where she was dealt unjustly by this woman, Penina. God answered her prayer and God brought forth the fruit of the womb. We know that it was Samuel he came and she gives this prayer of God's vindication. It's beautiful, giving glory to God for all he's done and bringing recompense bringing vindication to her but see she cried out she this woman Hannah she cried out to the Lord and the widow in Luke 18 the first scripture I read out she also she cried out to the Lord and God moved so don't whatever it is you're facing whatever it is you're challenged with Jesus said or the, the Bible says rather in the first verse I read out, Luke 18 verse 1, it says, pray always and do not lose heart. Because sometimes it's going to get hard. Sometimes you're going to see things in the natural and they don't look like they're getting easier. They don't look like they're getting better. In fact, they might even look like they're getting worse. But God is on the scene. God is on the case. And I want to say God is faithful. God is faithful to every promise that He makes. He is the avenger. He is the one who is going to turn that situation like he did for Hannah, like he's done for David. David was being chased unjustly by Saul. God turned that situation around. God wants to turn that situation around for you today because he promises that he will. So when God, God often will move as we... As we cry out to Him, we've got, we've got to pray. We've got to move according to His will. We've got to actually cry out that He does something about it. Because in Psalm 43, verse 1, the psalmist says, Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Again, we, we, we can relate this spiritually. We have spiritual enemies. And so we have a part to play because in the parable I read out, the persistent widow, in verse 7 of Luke 18, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? The initiative there starts with us. It says, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night? So there's a persistence in our prayers. There's a persistence in whatever it is that you are personally challenged by, finding the promise of God in here and relating it to that very situation. That's what Psalm 149 says. If you turn to Psalm 149, this talks about how we are to use, in a sense, the Word of God. Because when Jesus came up against the adversary, when He came up against Satan Himself... And Satan was coming against him. He, he didn't say, go away, Satan. 
He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He used the word, the sword of the Spirit. He used that to defeat Satan, for him to go. And you and I have the same authority and the, the same power today in Jesus' word is in the written word today. And Psalm 149, and I'm reading from verse 5 to 8 or so. It says, let the saints, that's you and I, be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the saints. So it begins by saying, let the saint, it says there, let the, in verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. See, the sword accompanies the praise. Spiritual warfare and praise is connected. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword, that is the Word of God, not a physical sword, the two-edged sword be in their hand. High praises of God be in their hand, mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And this is what proclamation is. So when we do that, because in verse 5 to 6, it says, let, let, verse 6, let. And then it says in verse 7 and 8 and 9, 2, 2 and 2. So we have a great deal of authority and we have a great um, handle on the situation when we actually declare the word. We actually, what we do when we have a situation, when we are looking for God to move in an area where we have not been treated correctly, we actually proclaim the word and we release the word of God into the situation. That's what using the word is. That's what having the two-edged sword is. It's declaring, just as Jesus did in the face of opposition, it's declaring the word. It's declaring the promises of God, which are the will of God for our current situation, so that God can move in them. Because like I said, with a persistent widow, the, initiate, the initiative started with the people, with the widow, with you and I. It, it starts with us and God acts accordingly to his word and that's what proclamation is it's releasing his word into the situation and why that's important because we have a spiritual battle we have a spiritual battle and in in Matthew 11 verse 11 to 12 it says assuredly these are the words of Jesus I say to you among those born of women there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So he's saying that those who have been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, that's us. We've actually entered into the kingdom of heaven. And so verse 12 then says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That's one type of violence. And the violent take it by force. And there's another type of violence. So it's the kingdom of heaven, it says, suffers violence. So there's, there's an assault on the, on the physical kingdom of heaven. You see that when there was a massacre of the children two years and under when Jesus was born. You see that when John the Baptist was beheaded. So there was an assault of violence against the kingdom of God in the physical. There's also a spiritual aspect behind that. But then the second part, it says, and the violent take it by force. 
and that is you and I. That is taking what we have and serving it, if you like, to the kingdom of darkness. We're doing that with a holy violence. With a holy violence, with a spiritual violence. That's what the violent take it by force. That's you and I taking the kingdom of darkness by force, speaking out against whatever's been stolen from us. Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. And like I said, there are things in your life that have been stolen from you. We have the word to declare and proclaim into your very situation. And I'll make it personal. You know, for some people, a lot are dealing with fear. So when you're dealing with fear, you've lost your fear. Your fear, well, you haven't lost it, you want to lose your fear. You've got fear, but you've lost your peace. Isaiah 54, verse 14, it says, In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. You just personalize, you just personalize that word. If you're someone here and you've got fear in your life, you say, In righteousness I shall be established. I shall be far from oppression, for I shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near me, my wife, my children, my household. You declare the word into the very situation that you are dealing with and you make it personal. You make it personal to what you're dealing with. If there's someone gossiping against you, there's someone who is bullying your children or your grandchildren at school. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, you shall condemn. I personalize it. And you say, I will condemn that voice. I will condemn that voice that is rising up against my family or myself in judgment. I condemn that voice. You are standing on the faithfulness and the Word of God. These are God's promises to you. These are what He will do. And He will act according to His Word because He's faithful to it. You're someone who doesn't sleep. You've lost your peace. You've lost your sleep. You only sleep an hour or two or three hours a night. It says there in Psalm 4, 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You declare that word. You're declaring that word where peace has been stolen. You're making it personal. You're speaking the word. You're proclaiming the word. You're releasing God's word, the power of the word, into your very situation. And you're making it individual. You're making it personal. You can do that on your behalf. You can do it on behalf of another family or a friend. If you're feeling oppressed, Psalm 99, if you're feeling oppressed, you get on your knees and you come to God. This, this oppression, it's from the enemy. The oppression, it's going to lift, and you come, and Psalm 99 says that God is a refuge for the oppressed. He's a refuge for the oppressed. You say, God, you, your word says you are a refuge for the oppressed. Lord, I'm asking right now, you would come, and you would shelter me under the shadow of your wings. Father God, you would lift right now all oppression off my life according to your word, because it's written that you will do so, and you stand in line with what God has declared. You come into agreement, and you proclaim it, and God will move. God will come and avenge you. He will come and vindicate you. He will come and lift you, because it's not your issue. The battle is the Lord's. He says, I will bring vengeance. I will avenge you. I will do it. Don't you do it. He says, I will do it. He says, I've got the power to do it, not you. Restore joy. If you're sitting here today and you've lost your joy, your, your joy's been stolen. Psalm 51 verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. That was David's prayer. That could be your personal prayer. If you're lost your joy, it's been stolen. Restored me the joy of your salvation. You've lost peace. This is a big one. A lot of people today, even Christians, are missing peace. 
We sing about peace and we talk about peace, but often there's a lack of it in our own lives. And it's been stolen sometimes by the enemy. Other times it's for other reasons. It's not the enemy all the time. And I said that at the beginning. Sometimes the enemy does come and he comes to steal these things from our lives. You've lost peace. Psalm 26 verse 3, you will keep him, you personalize it, you will keep me in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on you. That's Isaiah 26 verse 3, you personalize it, you personalize it, you make it, you claim, you claim the promises, you claim them and you make them personal for your own life so that, that God can come in and break through into your situation just like he did for Hannah, just like he did for that woman at the very beginning because she had an adversary like we did and God was faithful to come and avenge her speedily it says he says he will come and he will come he will do it speedily because we have a God that is faithful his promises every one of them are yes and amen they're for us today for you and I so whatever it is you're dealing with Whatever's been stolen from you, health-wise, spiritually-wise, if that's a word, hope, peace, joy, your love, something's been taken. There might be a reason for it, other than Satan, but it could be a work of the enemy. And so, God wants to avenge us. God wants to vindicate us. He wants to bring us back into that place where His goodness and His mercy, they, they flow over us. His, his mercies are new every day, but where we're walking in the fullness of what Jesus come to give us. He didn't come to give us just a life. Everyone in the world has a life. He's come to give us an abundant life, but there's a fight. We're in a spiritual battle. There's a fight, and we've got to lay hold of these promises by faith, and we've got to act, and we've got to exercise what God says in our situations and so we can come into that place where we are walking under the full and the complete blessing that God have has for us so we're not to avenge ourselves we are to trust in him we are to trust in his faithfulness we are to trust in his word the power is in his word and we are to proclaim it we are to proclaim it into every area where we're suffering declare the word even if it's not coming from a spiritual enemy could be another area declare the word declare the power of the word in the word there is life this is God's divine will and purpose for us so I want to just I want to pray for us I want to pray that anything that has been taken that God would restore that every evil agenda would be completely broken off so if you've got something personally in your life something you're maybe suffering with something that you've dealt with that has not been vindicated and you want God to do that just as I pray just lift your hand and let God come in and let him move let him break, like I said, every evil agenda, every plot that the enemy has come to steal from you. Because God is the God that restores. He's the one that restores to you what has been stolen, 
what has been lost. Father, I lift up every person here today. Lord, I lift up those online. If you're online too, you can lift your hand up and just declare that, yes, God, I believe in your promises. Yes, you are faithful and your promises are yes and amen. Lord, I lift up every person right now, Lord, who has been unjustly treated, Lord, where there's been a great injustice, Lord, where people, Lord, have not received vindication. Father, whether it be, Lord, in the workplace, whether it be in the financial market, whether it be in their lives personally, Lord, relationships, Lord, in their health, Father, in their inner being, the, the peace, the hope, the joy, Lord, may, may, maybe it's a logistical thing related to a will. God, you are deeply concerned with every area of our lives and I'm asking right now that you would come in the name of Jesus and you would scatter every evil plot and agenda against your people right now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking right now, Lord, that you would come and you would judge. Lord, you would bring vengeance on every spiritual enemy, Lord, that is opposing your people. Father God, I'm asking right now, in the name of Jesus, everything that has been stolen, I declare today be restored. Lord, everything that be lost, I'm asking right now, be completely redeemed to every one of your people. Father God, I thank you for every one of your words, Lord, every one of your promises. Lord, you are faithful to your word, Lord, you honor your word above all your name, and I declare right now, Lord, according to your word, Lord, that you are redeemer, that you are restorer, Lord, and you will bring vindication to the lives of your children in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen.